Good morning. Good morning, everybody. And uh, good morning and welcome to Pillar Church. My name is Eric. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, if you, this is your very first time uh, with us, uh, we are um, glad you're here. We're thankful that you have come to worship along with us. Uh, if you haven't uh, connected with us in any way and you're kind of in your new Please, before you leave, uh, find myself or one of the pastors here, uh, or you can, as you're walking out, there'll be two iPads set up, and it'll just uh, a way to connect with us, your information, and we'll, we'll connect with you during the week. Guys, uh, we will continue this morning in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4, and so if you want to start making your way there. 1 Peter chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, um, we actually have Bibles uh, uh, on the back table set up uh, in the back. And you can have that if you don't have a Bible. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this um, privilege to meditate on your truth. Um, as the communicator of your truth, God, I'm, I'm truly humbled by the responsibility, the opportunity, um, the weightiness of the task. I'm humbled by it, but I'm also excited um, because you, you get to use me. And so I welcome your spirit to do whatever you would want. God, I thank you for the things that, not only from this text, that you teach me on a daily basis from your word that compels me to think outside of my own selfish wants and draw me to others as you have shown yourself to to give your life for us, God. And so, God, would your word take our focus off of us so much, and would we consider others in honoring and glorifying you in the way we love each other? So, God, we need your spirit. The hearers of your word need your spirit to lead and guide them, and I need your spirit to lead and guide what I say and what I don't say. So God, would you do that? Thank you in advance for the work you'll do through this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, growing up, um, my parents would tell us to, to clean up you know, they would be at work, and uh, they would say, hey, make sure you have those dishes washed. Make sure you have those clothes folded. Make sure you have that, you know, that the house clean before, before I get home, right? And uh, sure enough, my brother and I uh, would do the same thing every single time. Um, she gets off around 4, 4.30. We wouldn't start cleaning up till 4.15. Like... 4.15 would hit, we would jump up, 
I mean, we were the fastest dishwashers and clothes folders in the world. But it was because we kind of knew what time. Or she would call us and say, hey, I'm coming early. And boy, we would throw that video game, wrap it up, Nintendo, wrap it up, and, and, and try to uh, get everything clean. There's an there's a urgency, right, because of, of, of her uh, coming. Um, it's so funny. I never had that experience with my dad. It was always my mom. Um, but uh, I think it, uh, as we read First uh, Peter chapter, uh, I mean, chapter 4, verse 7, um, there's an urgency that, 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 that is created. Uh, we're reminding us that at any point, our Savior will return. There's an urgency. There's a, there's a, there's a narrow of focus, like there's a, a focus, an intensity in our focus when our parents are coming home, right? There's an intensity that, that Peter is going to be calling us to in this passage that we are need to focus up because I'm coming back. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. I'm going to read from here because I may have put two different translations. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the very grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides, so that God, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever. Again, the phrase is meant, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. This phrase is meant to alert our minds, calls us to focus. It prompts us not for a later time. It, it prompts us for a now. It is a call to action and attention. It's not a call, hey, we got 15 more minutes, John. Let's, let's, let's play one more Super Tech game, Super Tech mobile game. It's a call. Some of y'all don't even know what Super Tech is. It's a call to action now. Get up and let's get these dishes washed now. Peter says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Our lives should be lived out through prayer. Isn't this interesting that earlier in 1 Peter, he told the husbands to care for the wives and to treat them as equals. Why? And to treat them the right way and to treat them as, as, uh, as God, uh, God's um, gift to you as husbands. Why? so that your prayers will be heard. This idea of prayer is foundational 
to our lives, our, I'm going to say it a different way, and it may connect better, our communion, our relationship, our conversation, our daily conversation with God is vital to how we live as Christians. It's vital on what we do, how we do it. He says, the end of all things is near, therefore be alert and sober-minded. Why? So you can pray. If you are constantly, this is me, busy and in a rush and, and, and so much stuff going on, how do we pray? If we have so much, um, you know, this, this ambition for more and more and get this next great thing if I can get there. How do we have time to pray? How do we have time to sit and rest in the presence of God? Sober-minded, meaning of, of right mind, like mental health, health, healthy. Be mentally healthy so that you can pray. Don't be so busy. Don't be so caught up. And what somebody done to, did to you or, 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 or what's being done to you. Like you have to be alert. Be sober minded for prayer. Prayer is the platform to know God. To know his will. And to have the power to do his will. This is how we do it. We do it through this communion with God. This daily communion with God. I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you how important, I cannot overemphasize this enough, that your time with God is so important. Verse 8, it says, above all, it says, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. A multitude of sins. Maintain it. Think about maintaining our cars, right? All changes. Things that it needs to keep running correctly. Maintaining a marriage, right? Making sure that we spend adequate time in communication and talking to each other. Maintaining something. It takes work. It says maintain love a constant love for one another. Brothers and sisters in Christ, maintain that love through, through, through coming to church on Sunday, going to DGs, checking in on each other, knowing what those things are that, that those other people are going to maintain constant love for one another since love covers over a multitude of sins. Do work in your hearts to keep it. It will take time and meditation and, the and it will take meditation on the sacrifice of Christ to maintain love for our brothers and sisters at times. Like we gotta take our minds off of what they did to us and we gotta put our minds on the sacrifice of Christ. It's not going to be in, in response to what they have done to us. It's going to have to be in complete obedience to what God has done for us.
his example, his love, his devotion to the mission to save us, it will be taking, it will be us taking communion together. It will be us making sure that we are praying for one another. That's how we maintain a constant love. And it covers a multitude of sins. Love does not look at the evil as a deterrent for doing good to our brothers and sisters. It love as a direct obedience to God. Sometimes we, we struggle to love people. This is something that, that I've faced uh, even recently, is that I can love my enemy at times, okay? I can love a stranger. But when, my, when I have to love someone or I love in a situation where the, the whole story hasn't been told, right? The whole, you haven't got your side of the story out. That's the best way I can say it. Uh, you, you haven't shown yourself and in, in, in your points of view. And so in those moments, you, you love to love when you say, you know what? I know that everybody knows I'm right, but I'm a love anyway. You love to love during that situation. But you don't lo love to love when at the end, you look like the bad guy. You look like the problem in the situation. I don't know if y'all knew this, but Jesus looked like the problem. <laughs> Stone him. Kill him. He looked like the problem. He is, he is, he is, uh, he is causing a stir. He's making people lose money. He's, he's being blasphemous. He's saying, he's making himself equal with God. We don't like, we, in that moment, I, I'll tell you a moment that I don't know if I could have held. I mean, I, I couldn't have did what Jesus did, but when he was on the cross and somebody looked up and they said, hey, you saved others, won't you save yourself? That would be the moment that I want to show my power, right? Isn't that the moment that you're like, wait a minute, let me show him. Wait, God, I, let me. In that moment. But Jesus said no. Guys, love covers over a multitude of sins. And, it, and Jesus is our example of how it covers over a multitude of sins. It's in that moment that we want to prove ourselves right and prove ourselves to be the hero of the story that we got to say, nope, there's, some, there's a plan. God has something for me. God has called me to something. And sometimes it's suffering. And it's sometimes making you, you're, you're the bad guy. Uh, there's a picture in my head. I, I was a book or some, a story I was telling. He, uh, the guy was going through this same thing where he was like, man, my reputation is being murdered out there. And, and, and they don't even know my story. And so he had just finished praying, and he, and he stood up, and he looked out the window, and he saw a dog just ripping up the clothes on the clothesline. And it was just, he was just ripping all the clothes to shreds. 
and God in that moment gave him the picture. He was like, they may be ripping you to shreds, but I have your reputation. I know who you are. It is, it is me that you're serving. And you see your reputation being de demolished out there. And he's saying love covers over a multitude of sins. Thank God that Jesus, Jesus knew, walked in obedience to what the Father had called him to do. Nothing deterred him. Not even the moment, not even the moments of him, uh, he could have proved himself to be the right. Verse 9, it says, be hospitable to one another without complaining. I'm going to go back to this. I'm going to go back to the prayer real quick. Do you understand that everything is flowing from that communion with God? Everything. Everything that we're talking about flows through our communion, our daily conversation with God, things he's teaching us and showing us. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Hospitable. What is that? Friendly and welcoming to a stranger or guest, hosp hospitable people show kindness to their guests. Not they're just not they're just their home, but their church, whatever they have some type of influence, they're hospitable. Hospitality communicates your uh, to the guest that you're not in the way. It communicates that you belong here. It communicates that you blessed me by being here. Hospitality is something that Peter is saying to communicate or to, to uh, be hospitable to your brothers and sisters. Invite them into your home and make sure they feel comfortable. Make sure they feel like this, they can say what they would say in their home. They will be transparent to you in your home. You belong here. Hospitality gives a, 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 an environment for the gospel. It gives an environment for people to listen and to hear what you have to say rather than thinking, how can I get out of here? Do I have somebody call me so I can get out of here? Hospitality invites them in and they don't want to leave because they feel loved. They feel welcomed. They feel like they belong here. Hospitality communicates to them that they are, they are valued and worth it. Be friendly, be kind to put those who are in your home at ease. They can hear from God when their minds are at peace. If your mind is not at peace, if, 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 if a person is not at peace, they're not gonna be able to hear your words. They can hear the gospel over good food and good fun. Keep a Dr. Pepper in a refrigerator way in the back, just in case you have a visitor. 
It's, better, it's so much easier to listen and easier to listen when you have a Dr. Pepper in your hand or a good beer. Every time, uh, I, I know Derek at all times. I don't even drink beer, but because of Derek, I don't drink beer much, but because of, <laughs> because of Derek Carson, I know I need to always have a beer in the, in the refrigerator just so I can be hospitable to the people who come into my home. Have a Dr. Pepper, have a Coke, and tell the kids not to touch it. That's for our visitors. Have some extra food. Be hospitable to those who come. When you do this, you show that you care more about their interests than yours. Their interest is more important than you. Hospitality is an opportunity to serve the people in your home or in your church or in your car or in your place of business, whatever. It is an opportunity to serve them. You communicate their salvation and their interest is more important. I know what keeps us from doing this, being hospitable, we think about our own comfort. That's our first responsibility, usually. Your, your comfort is important. Like, you, you want to take care of yourself. But we can't be hospitable if that's always the case. <laughs> if, if it's us first every single time, we will never be, we'll never be able to walk in obedience to this. Stop thinking your comfort is more important than theirs. Verse 10, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 4, 3, uh, 4 says, there, is a, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributed, distributed, uh, spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretations of tongues. And verse 11 says, all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determined. Verse 11 says, if anyone, sorry, just, verse 10 says, just as, as each one has received a gift, you have received a gift. Whether small, that wasn't, what I read was not um, all the gifts there are. That was just some of the gifts that he wanted to communicate at that time. There are many gifts in this auditorium. He says, just as each one has received a gift, use it to what? Serve others. 
what we usually want to do is serve ourselves with our gifts. We want to promote our own popularity. We want to, we, we want to point to us with our gifts. We want to boast about them. We want to show people how great we are. But being a good steward of your gift is actually serving with your gift. Peter says, use the gift that God has given you. Use the gift. Use the gift of your very breath. You are breathing because God gifted your breath to you. Use your time. Use your talents. Use your abilities. What? How? To serve others. To serve others. Each of you has received a gift, and we are to use our gifts to serve. Your gift is from God, and he wants you to steward it well. The focus is on using your gift to serve. God's instruction for us in the gifts he has given us is to serve. So when you pray, as I mentioned, let your prayers be pointed through whatever you are gifted to do that day. Whatever you are, are, are going to do that day, make sure your prayers connect whatever, however God's going to use you. If you're singing on stage today, if you're preaching, if you're playing baseball today, if you have a camera today and you're going to take pictures today, use your gifts. Use your abilities that God has gifted you to serve others. Why? Why? As good stewards of the very grace of God. Verse 11 says, this is the reason why. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. Our words need to come from God. I cannot tell you how many times that I've that I've spent time in God's word and I've, I've read God's word and God just reveals an amazing truth to me. And I'm like, and I'm just deeply impacted by that word. And throughout the entire, entire day, entire day, God uses that same word over and over and over and over. I've had, I've had him do it for a week. I've had him do it for a month. It's going on probably four months. The impact that First Samuel, that Hannah passage had on me, I'm still feel myself communicating that truth and people being impacted by the truth of praying along with people. This is what it, this is what it's saying. If you speak, speak as one speaking the very words of God. What God communicates to you through his word is what we communicate to others. That word was not just for you. The, the word that you had this morning was not just for you. As you connect with people, use that word to love and to serve others. 
If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's word. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides. I'll read the rest of it. So that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. Why? Why does it matter how I serve? Because what comes from his strength and his power glorifies him. It matters where your serving comes from. The heart of it matters. Go back to verse 7. Your communion with God is the determinant in how fruitful your ministry is. When I say fruitful, I'm not saying how many people attend your church or how many um, uh, how much money you make or um, how many people you have um, given um, a, a house or food to. That's not the fruit that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fruit that is directly connected to your communion, directly com- uh, connected to your time spent with God. That is what God cares about. He cares about where it is coming from. It is, co- is it coming from the strength that he provided? Or is it coming from your motivation to be liked and to be loved? It matters. They both, I'm going to tell you, you can barely tell the difference between them. I'm going to be honest. You can, like, so, so if you can't tell the difference between them, what does it matter? God forbid that I live this Christian life without knowing the joy of serving him rather than trying to serve my enemy. God forbid I live a Christian life all to make people think something of me that is not real. It matters where this thing is coming from, how we serve with our gifts. It matters where it's coming from. Let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. While, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Be careful what y'all call fruit. If you're not communing with God, your church may be growing. Your bank account may be growing. Your friendship and your status and your likes may be growing. Don't call it fruit if you're not communing. If you're not communing with God. Guys, again, 
You can fool everybody in this room. But don't do it for the sake of knowing the joy and satisfaction of God's presence and his communion with you. This is the gift of prayer. Why be sober-minded? Why be clear-minded so that you can talk to God? (laughs) Why stop and put your phone on silent? Why lock yourself in a room so you can hear from God? Why be sober-minded? Because this is the root. This is the foundational principle of how we serve and use our gifts. Before Jesus' last hour, what did he tell Peter? He said, stay here and pray. Stay here and pray. He went and prayed. He came back. Peter is sleeping. He said, stay and pray. He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He was telling him that if you want to live out and serve me on a daily basis, if you're going to serve me in this final hour, in this really difficult moment, and in the days to come, you're going to have to commune with me. You're going to have to pray. Your service, your service will be just superficial. Your service will never do what it was meant to do in God's hands, with God's strength. It matters. It matters where your strength comes from. Let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. As we are vessels, every one of us who have proclaimed Christ as our Savior, we are all vessels for him to to be glorified. He uses us to proclaim his glory. And you say, well, that's that Sunday thing I do for God. No. Every crevice of your life is meant to proclaim the beauty and the goodness, the glory of God. Every crevice. Don't leave him out of it. And it's going to start with your personal communion with God. Be sober-minded. Lock the door. Put in spaces in your life so that you can hear from God and use your gifts to be fruitful, to glorify him. Don't serve in your own strength.